The MMA community is no stranger to beefs. Fighters and other fighters. Promoters and fighters. Promoters and promoters. Fighters and media. Media and promoters. Conflict is the lifeblood of this sport, but occasionally the pop culture streams get crossed and somehow, someway, a celebrity ends up caught up in the mix. Somebody so famous, you couldn't even imagine how they even ended up interacting with MMA, let alone caused some kind of conflict. So today we're going to take a look at 10 of the most ridiculous and baffling feuds that have gone down between MMA figures and famous people. Hey, before we get into it, don't forget to like, subscribe, and click the bell to turn on notifications. That way you never miss an upload. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, and these are 10 absolutely absurd beefs between MMA and celebrities. Number 10. Dana White and Justin Timberlake Prior to UFC 155, Karen Bryant caught up with Dana White, who was going on and on about this awesome holiday party he threw for the UFC staff that featured the Red Hot Chili Peppers. He couldn't get over how great the performance was and how admirable the band members were as people. While gushing over their many positive traits, White had this to add out of absolutely nowhere. They're amazing human beings. They, they, they do lots of things for other people. They, they, you know, they, they care about other people. Uh, like Justin Timberlake's the biggest douchebag that I've ever met in my life. All right, then. No context, no follow-up. Just threw it out there as if it was a well-known fact. Justin Timberlake, mortal enemy of Dana White. A month later, Sports Illustrated caught up with DFW to see if they could get some clarification. And they did. Apparently, White had taken his kids and Lorenzo Fertitta's daughter to the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards and managed to get them backstage, probably because all of the money and influence. Anyway, as White tells it, they were the only children back there, and this place was like kid heaven. All the big celebs were there. The Black Eyed Peas, Selena Gomez, Justin Bieber, just the who's who of Hollywood, and every single one of them more than happy to give Dana's kids a few moments of their time. Not Justin Timberlake, apparently. White said, quote, the biggest dickhead back there was Justin Timberlake. Just such a complete jack-off, yeah. Just couldn't have been a bigger dick. I don't know if he's a UFC fan or not, but I'm not a big Timberlake fan. Takes two seconds to say hi to a kid. A few days after that burial, though, White tweeted that the beef had been squashed. Apparently, JT gave Dana a call and cleared the air. That tweet has 74 likes. 2013 was a different time. Number 9. The MMA Community and Addison Ray. If you're in your 30s, there's a solid chance you have no idea who Addison Ray is. She's what they call a TikToker, which, as best as I can tell, means she does dances that feature erratic arm movements and lots of very exaggerated facial expressions for about 30 seconds at a time. Those short videos have translated into 85 million followers on the platform, 40 million more on Instagram, 4.8 on Twitter. She just signed a multi million dollar film deal with Netflix. You get the picture. She's a 20 year old who makes silly faces and now has more influence than some religions. Earth is a weird place. Anyway, Addison is a client of UFC parent company Endeavor, and they sent her on a week-long social media campaign leading up to UFC 264, where she was at the Performance Institute rolling with Misha Tate, taking pictures in UFC gear, stuff like that. The day before the card, they had her interview Dustin Poirier for the UFC's TikTok. It was at the set for this little piece that Ray posted this tweet saying, I studied broadcast journalism in college for three whole months to prepare for this moment. Obviously a joke on her part, but a whole bunch of people weren't laughing. Many MMA fans assumed Addison had taken some permanent UFC gig away from the hardworking sports broadcast folk. The backlash on MMA Twitter was swift and angry. Ray would end up trending over the fiasco and the next day joked, never mind, y'all got me fired. Addison attended the card that night and was interviewed by Laura Sanko for the official UFC YouTube channel. The comments and the dislike ratio are brutal. Safe to say Ray's probably not going to be doing any more UFC-related work for Endeavor. Number 8. Andre Arlovsky and Russell Crowe 
making movies, making music, and fighting around the world. Or at least maybe his bodyguard is. We all know Russell Crowe, right? Cinderella Man, Gladiator, Superman's Real Dad. Well, in December of 2008, Andre Arlovsky was a big fan of his. And as fate would have it, the two would be in proximity of each other at the Manny Pacquiao Oscar De La Hoya fight at the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas. You see the former UFC heavyweight champion who was getting ready for his fight with Fedor at the time. He was something of an actor himself and greatly admired Crowe's work as Maximus Decimus Meridius in Gladiator. So he was hoping to get a picture with the man. He approached Russell, who was with a bodyguard, and as Andre put it, used the best of his English at the time to ask if the two could take a photo. For reasons entirely unknown, Crow ignored Pitbull's request, and his bodyguard started getting physical, probably having absolutely no idea that the man he was pushing could rip his head off and use it to play hacky sack. Arlovsky said some words were exchanged between the parties, but he wasn't going to start a fist fight over something so small, and that was that. The two parted ways, never to meet again. Andre ended telling the story to a Russian media outlet by saying, now I'm not a big fan of Russell Crowe. See, that's why you always make time for your fans. You never know when one of them's going to end up being a top-tier MMA fighter who now hates you. Number 7. Katsigano and Halle Berry of all the beefs on our list, this is the only one that features actual litigation. You might recall a few years ago when Halle Berry started randomly showing up at MMA events. She was at UFC cards, she went to Invictus shows. While I have no doubt that she's a fight fan, much of her recent involvement in the MMA community was in service of her role as director and star of the movie Bruised, a film about a down-on-her-luck MMA fighter set to be released on Netflix this coming November. The movie will have some familiar faces in it, like Amanda Nunes and Valentina Shevchenko, but not Kat Singano, and that is where we get our entry. According to the lawsuit, Barry asks Ngana to appear in the movie in July of 2019, to which she agreed. Then a week later, Kat was offered an October fight, which she says in the complaint would have put her in title contention. Barry came back to her and allegedly said that for insurance purposes, she couldn't do both the fight and the movie at the same time. And so Zingano decided that the film was a rarer and potentially more lucrative opportunity, so she declined the UFC bout, only to get cut from the promotion shortly thereafter. Then Kat says Barry ghosted her after telling her that she was cut from the movie because they could only use UFC fighters. Quite the pickle there. Hey, UFC fighter, we want to put you in a movie. Okay, but I have a UFC fight coming up. Well, you can't do both. Okay, I declined the fight, but now I'm not in the UFC anymore. Oh, that's too bad. We're sorry. We can only use UFC fighters in this movie. Fuck me then, I guess. Cat was in Bellator by late October, and this lawsuit is ongoing. Number six, Rampage Jackson and the game. All right, Rampage Jackson is going to be beefing with a celebrity. Who is it and why? If I gave you, I don't know, three hours to write down as many ideas as you could, would you have come up with the game over the A-Team movie? It was the first thing he wrote down. Wow, that's impressive. All right, so just to jar your memory in case you forgot, in 2010, Fox released a big-budget blockbuster film adaptation of the TV show The A-Team, and in the role of B.A. Baracus was Quentin Rampage Jackson. I thought Page did a fine enough job in the movie, to be honest, but the rapper Game was not impressed. See, he too auditioned for the spot, and as he put it, killed the Mr. T role on my screen test. Following the film's release, The Game aired his frustrations about Jackson getting the role over him and told AllHipHop.com, no disrespect to Rampage, but my dude Rashad Evans whooped his ass. When he had that UFC fight against Rashad Evans and he lost, I felt like that was me. When asked about the game's comments, Jackson said he would be willing to rap against game if he would be willing to step into the cage afterwards with Rampage. The two would go back and forth over the course of that summer, throwing various barbs each other's ways in interviews and on social media. But as you can imagine, nothing ever came of it, just like the 18 movie's box office. Number 5. 
Randy Couture, and Steven Seagal. There are so many things in life that I wished had happened. Tony vs. Habib, Portal 3, the UFC never leaving Fox, so I still had a sweet job on TV. But the one thing I wanted to happen more than anything else is Randy Couture and Steven Seagal getting into a fight. Weirdly specific, right? Well, let's wind the clock back to 2012. The Natural is on the Expendables 2 press circuit and stopped by Attack of the Show on G4 TV. Remember them? When asked by the host if he would ever come out of retirement to fight again, Couture said with a grin and a chuckle, not unless Seagal wants to sign up. Good joke, everybody laugh, roll on snare drum curtains. Not so fast, though. If there's one person who can't take a joke, it's Steven Seagal. And that was confirmed when the comment was brought up by Ariel Helwani on an episode of the MMA Hour. Seagal said, quote, I have to wonder what his intentions may have been in saying that. I'm kind of confused why he would say that, but I'm here. Anybody can find me anytime in any place. If Randy really wants to fight me, he can fight me anytime he wants. He then hilariously went on to say, it would be some place where there are no witnesses. I'm hoping it wouldn't get to that, and I don't know why it would come about, but if that's what he wants, he can get it anytime he wants. God, do I wish it came to that. Sadly, it never did, although Couture did confirm just this year that he still wouldn't mind roughing up the sensei. So fingers crossed on that one, guys. Number four, Ronda Rousey and Donald Trump. This one is almost a bit too surreal to believe. In the summer of 2015, everybody was talking about two things, Ronda Rousey and Donald Trump. Rousey was at the height of her mainstream popularity, unbeaten and heading into her fight with Holly Holm at UFC 193. Trump had begun his campaign for president and was eating up the vast majority of news cycles. In an interview with CNN on August 19th, Trump was asked about his stance on women in the military, to which he threw in this little aside. I know some women that are just, Ronda Rousey is an example, mm. who likes me. Hey, I'd take her up my side as a fighter. <laughs> What's funny about Trump mentioning a Rousey endorsement is that it doesn't appear to have ever happened. In fact, about three weeks before this interview, while doing press for her UFC 190 bout against Betch Cohea, Rousey was asked about Trump and had this to say. I wouldn't vote for him. I just really wouldn't trust that guy with running my country, that's all. Apparently, between the time of his CNN interview and UFC 193, Trump caught wind of Ronda's comments because after her devastating loss to home, he tweeted, Glad to see that at Ronda Rousey lost her championship fight last night. Was soundly beaten. Not a nice person. Almost a year later to the day, Rousey would quip about the tweet in an interview on The Ellen Show, saying she planned on framing it and putting it on her wall. A week later, Trump was elected president. The two haven't crossed paths since. Number 3. Conor McGregor and Machine Gun Kelly Ripped straight from the headlines, you might even say it was the inspiration for this absurd list, Conor McGregor and Machine Gun Kelly getting into it on the red carpet at the VMAs, an award show I didn't even know existed still. If you're not familiar with Kelly, he's a rapper, dates Megan Fox, goes to lots of UFC cards, and occasionally cosplays as David Bowie. You might have heard his song Till I Die during literally every fighter from Cleveland's walkouts. This beef sounds like it was created with a random celebrity generator, though. How the hell did we get here? Well, the story is fresher than the cookies you just pulled out of the oven, but speculation is rampant and includes the following scenarios. Connor was in Megan Fox's DMs and Mr. Machine Gun wasn't happy. There was no beef and when the two approached each other to have a handshake, security misunderstood and started getting pushy. Connor came over to say hello to Fox and Kelly pushed him before security broke them up. I seriously doubt that. Whatever was the catalyst, something got Connor fired up enough to lunge in the direction of MGK as well as toss a drink. As of right now though, everything seems fine. Connor has denied even knowing who Kelly is besides one of those vanilla ice wrappers, nice dig, but said there's no issue and he can come to the fights. MGK and Fox aren't talking, this one will probably never get fully explained, but I suppose that just adds to the absurdity of it all, doesn't it? Number 2. Nate Diaz and Justin Bieber 
There's nothing wrong with talking about fights and fighters. Who you think will win, what you think will happen, it's part of the sport. That said though, even if you yourself compete, it must be done respectfully and you need to know where your limits of understanding are. There's a certain way to talk about fighters, certain lines you don't cross, and Justin Bieber apparently has no idea where that line is, because following Conor McGregor's loss to Nate Diaz at UFC 196, the Biebs posted a video on his Instagram raising a glass to McGregor with a caption that read, No bandwagon, but Conor's a true champion. Fights with style and finesse. All the respect to Nate, but his style is terrible. Nate has crazy heart respect. What the fuck, Justin Bieber? How is his style terrible if his style won him the fight against the true champion with style and finesse? And as Talladega Knights has shown, you can't just say with all due respect before completely trashing someone. With all due respect, Mr. Dennett? I had no idea you'd gotten experimental surgery to have your balls removed. Crazy heart though, respect. Hilariously, two days later, Nate posted this image of him slapping Bieber in the meme format of Batman slapping Robin. As Vinnie Mac would say, that's good shit. Luckily, cooler heads prevailed in this one. The two ran into each other at a nightclub in LA a few weeks later and squashed the beef. They even took a photo together. It's a good thing too, I'm sure Nate didn't want any of that Bieber smoke. Number one, Boss Rudin and Brian Erlacher. When you're an elite Pro Bowl level NFL linebacker, it's safe to say that you're the baddest dude in most rooms, and it's probably been that way the vast majority of your adult life. That kind of reassurance leads to physical confidence that not too many people possess. But that doesn't mean it's not foolish because like Qui-Gon once told Obi-Wan, there's always a bigger fish. Hall of Fame Chicago Bears linebacker Brian Urlacher nearly learned this the hard way while attending a charity event after party in Florida back in the early 2000s. You see, Boss Rutten was also in attendance, and apparently just cutting it up with the event's band, singing and playing the drums. As he jumped off stage and made his way over to his buddies, which included Pat Militich, Rutten accidentally stepped on Urlacher's brother's shoe. He too was a big bad football player. Neither of them apparently watched MMA though. According to Boss, everybody was pretty hammered, and the brothers started getting physical. By all accounts, Rutten attempted to de-escalate the situation several times, apologizing and offering to get the next round. After he gave the boys one final warning, Brian said the magic words, do you want to take this outside? Rutten and friends broke into a hearty laugh, then Boss replied, and you can see the giddiness on his face as he tells the best damn sports show, period, his response. And I said, yes. <laughs> it's at this point that security jumped in and broke the whole thing up, informing Mr. Erlacher of the grave mistake he nearly made. Brian apologized, and Boss has said that he was a very nice guy the next day, so much so that he doesn't like to tell the story publicly anymore for Erlacher's sake. Nice guy. A big, big thank you to Ben Rosette, who provided that sweet tune you heard in the intro. Check out his music by clicking the link in the description and go give him a follow on his Instagram and Twitter page, at Ben Rosette. Huge shout out to the legendary once and future King Tomas Welsh for editing this video together. Follow him on Instagram, at BigBeatVisual. That's beat as in the band from Doug and not a forceful strike. Alright, that's all I got for you. Thanks for watching. Please like, subscribe, and have a wonderful day.